0: Welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we're talking Tex-Mex, because it's Cinco de Mayo this week. So let's celebrate, right? I've always enjoyed Cinco de Mayo. I feel like, like every other ignorant American, we, we assume that Cinco de Mayo is... Is like Spanish Independence Day, but it, it, it's not. And I, 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 think for the longest time, I, I didn't. I like someone would tell me what it was, and then I wouldn't, I wouldn't re- like retain that information. So, just in case, Cinco de Mayo is a yearly celebration, of course, held on May 5th, which commemorates the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862. And of course, that was led by General Ignacio Zaragoza. So there's a little history for you all today. I thought, I thought it would be important to remind everyone why Cinco de Mayo is Cinco de Mayo. I remember in college, we called it Cinco de Drinco because we were trash. But um, we're not anymore. I'm not anymore. I like to drink my margaritas, I was going to say something like, you know, without puking in the front yard. <laughs> Uh, but I do love a margarita. I've talked about it before. I don't love a salt margarita. I I like uh, to just order mine on the rocks and no salt. And I feel like I can only really have like one or two margaritas because then I start to get like acid reflux, like whoa, or some sort of like indigestion. But anyway, how is everyone... If you are a hydrangea, you're getting this episode one day early. And of course, uh, if you don't know what a hydrangea is, last week I made an announcement that The Good Vanilla now has a Patreon, The Good Patreon to be more specific, which can be found at www.patreon.com good patreon. And I want to give a shout out to a very special shout out to Shannon. I won't say your last name just in case. I don't like... Sometimes I get a little bit weird. I don't know if people want their last names revealed on the podcast, you know. But um, Shannon holds the honor of being my very first hydrangea to sign up for the good Patreon. So thank you, Shannon. And hopefully there are more hydrangeas that will be blooming on the good Patreon sometime soon. I saw that I got a couple reviews this week. One was just like a five-star review. And then I got another review from G-Town Gina, a five-star review. And she wrote in her... Uh, her review that she's a Polish girl from Scranton, who also grew up saying Kabasi instead of kielbasa, a girl after my own heart. So thank you, G-Town Gina. I meant to give you a shout out last week uh, because I feel like you left a a review like two weeks ago, if that makes sense. So uh, Gina, Shannon, thank you so much. And for those of you who might not have listened to last week's episode about all the perks you get as a hydrangea on the good Patreon, you get this main feed episode a day early. So instead of getting them on Friday, get them on Thursday and you get an extra bonus episode every week, a splash of the good vanilla, which basically I think three out of the four weeks every month. And I know sometimes there's like five weeks in a month, depending on how things are, you know, arranged in the calendar. But the way that I'm going to structure it is every um, every Friday, if you're a hydrangea, you will get uh, the early... ...access to this main feed episode, and then the bonus episode, a splash of the good vanilla, which... um, three out of the four weeks, I'm going to count down my top five favorite fill-in-the-blank. Last week was pasta, because we talked Italian, and this week is Mexican dishes... Oh my gosh, I can't wait because that is something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, And then I think the last Friday of every month, I'm going to do a different episode outside of the Barefoot Contessa universe. And I, I logged on to Discovery Plus this morning because I forgot the name of this episode or what season it was in. And I was jotting it down in my notes. And who popped up right away but Sandra Lee. And I feel like that's a sign from the universe that I need to cover a Sandra Lee semi-homemade episode. So if that's not enough to entice you, if, you know, early access to episodes, four bonus episodes uh, a month totaling eight episodes of The Good Vanilla, and a Sandra Lee episode, that's included in that eight episodes, of course. Oh gosh, if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what will. So head on over to patreon.com slash Patreon and join the party. Okay, so, speaking of a party, let's get into this episode. This is Back to Basics, Season 16, Episode 4, Cook Like a Pro, Tex-Mex Entertaining. Such a mouthful, that is, but here we go. Ina begins. I love Tex-Mex flavors, and I have great entertaining recipes to share. I'm starting with a light and airy tres leches cake with mixed berries and whipped cream. It's the dessert of your dreams. Then there is pork pozole. A crowd pleasing Mexican soup. It's an all in one meal with lots of great toppings. Fiesta corn and avocado salad is a fabulous first course idea that also works as a side dish or a salsa. And finally, it's cocktail hour with the fire and ice of frosty jalapeno margaritas. Cheers! I was actually late coming to the Tex Mex craze, but I'm so glad I did. Let's talk Tex Mex. <laughs> I that was a weird intro because I, I, I took notes on this episode a couple days ago and I forgot it takes a turn at the end because after she talks about the margaritas I you know Cheers is sort of like the perfect button on an intro like this but she has to tell everyone she was late to the Tex-Mex craze and uh, she added a she added a couple more lines folks but okay let's get into this we're starting off with dessert which is the best way to start any episode of any cooking show in my opinion. Um, I do have to start by saying my friend Tony made a tres leches cake. Uh, I think, I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, my friend Kate had us all over for like a Sunday dinner and it was lovely and delicious. And we actually had some tacos. So, um, a little bit of Tex-Mex energy there. And, uh, Tony brought, oh God, I I don't think I've ever had it, which is crazy because like you think I would have had it somewhere in my life, but I, I've never had a tres leches cake. So, oh God, it was so good. And there were fresh berries on top and whipped cream. It's, it's one of those cakes that feels so much lighter than it actually is. And it's, you know, it's not, you know, no cake is good for you, but I could have eaten that entire cake. And I will say, um, Tony's partner, Luke was doing the cake cutting that day, that night, and he cut everyone huge pieces and I loved it. Because I feel, much like a birthday cake, I've said it on the podcast before, I think that we need to normalize having a second piece of birthday cake or cutting a substantial piece. You know, that's that's the main event at most parties. And I think there are some exceptions to that. Like, I don't really love a store-bought cake. Store-bought is fine, <laughs> but I, I, I'm i kind of particular about it. I, I could take it or leave it. But if it's a homemade cake or something, you know, out of the ordinary, I'm I'm all in. So... This is all to say tres leches cake is just deloish. So tres leches, of course, means three milks in Spanish. And Ina starts out with a cup and a quarter, quarter. Wait, what? A cup and a quarter? Yeah. For some reason, when I said that, it sounded weird in my head. Um, of heavy cream, and then she adds a twelve ounce can of evaporated milk, which I ne- which never made sense to me. I don't, I don't understand like what evaporated means. It looks gloopy. I, like, to me, evaporated means, like, it, it ceases to exist. It's powder because there's no liquid left in it. But what do I know? Um, and then a 14-ounce can of sweetened condensed milk, which is just, like, the nectar of the gods, really. I just love that. I could. I feel like that's the way that you would make, like, some sort of... Um, oh, what is that called? Uh, when you, like, put sweetened condensed milk in, like, a, a thing of boiling water... And it turns into this, like, luscious caramel. I'm going to look it up because it, it's worth looking up. Dulce de leche. That's what it is, of course. I, I was, like, on the tip of my tongue. So, um, but that's not what this is. That's not what's happening in this recipe. So all of those milks or creams um, are uh, basically put together in one. I think she puts it in a Pyrex. And she adds some almond extract to that and seeds of vanilla bean. Uh, I, I would just drink this, uh, that like, Recipe over, um, so she gives that a whisk, and then pulls out an already made cake out of nowhere. This surprised me. It's it's uh it's one of those like, let me show you how I made it. Flashbacks, you know what I mean? We're all familiar with these by now. Um, so we get a flashback to the cake, which is uh, into a standing mixer goes three eggs, one cup of sugar, and some uh, good vanilla, and that gets beat for ten minutes. Actually, I was kind of surprised by that. It turns like a lovely. I don't know, it kind of gets a little bit of volume and turns into this, like, beautiful, like, pastel, like, yellow color. Um, And for the dry dry ingredients, we have flour, baking powder, and salt. That gets uh, a sift, and then into the mixer it goes, um, along with some whole milk as well, too. She pours all of this, once it's combined, into a 9 by 13 by 2 inch pan, and then tosses it into the oven... At 3.50 for 20 to 25 minutes. So, I mean, sounds like a delicious cake. So we're back to the present. Uh, And then she takes, like, the blunt end of, like, a skewer, like a wooden skewer, and pokes holes into the cake. And Ina says, lots of holes. (laughs) I love how she says, because, like, lots is how we say it in Pittsburgh. But I feel like lots is a little bit more of, like, a New England, sort of, like, New Yorkish way to say it. Um, So... After she does that, she pours the milk mixture on top of the cake. And, oh my gosh, it just looks so good. And it goes into the refrigerator for six hours. But, of course, she pulls one out um, that's already made. And she dusts it with some powdered sugar. Yes, please. I love that she does that. Um, So now it's time for some berries and cream. And I I guess this is, is this the traditional way to serve it? I don't know. Did we, like, Americanize it by adding berries Okay, I just paused to look it up because it was it was nagging me. So I feel, I, I I did a simple Google search and I feel like most of the time it's just like whipped cream and cinnamon. But I, I saw so many, like I saw like authentic tres leches cake and most of them had berries on it. So I don't know. Um, if there are any Mexican listeners, let me know how traditional it would be to have just the whipped cream and cinnamon. Is it like sacrilege to put like a certain kind of you know I saw like I think I'm, I'm looking right now really there's kiwi on it there's like pineapple um I think I would like mine I would love to have it with just like the whipped cream and cinnamon to be honest I do uh, we all know my my reservations about having berries or like fruit in desserts but I I do love a fruit combination with like a vanilla combo it's the chocolate that I just can't do so either way it's going to be delicious anyway way you make this so um She's onto the berries and cream, as I was saying. so she has she chooses uh, strawberries and raspberries. It looks like I don't think there's anything else hidden in this, but she shows us how to make whipped cream, which typically is the same recipe, but this one's a little different. She has, of course, cold heavy cream, a quarter cup confectioner sugar, two tablespoons of granulated sugar, and then two tablespoons of creme fresh, Fraiche. Um, and then a teaspoon of the good vanilla, of course. but i I feel like those are um, it's a little bit of a spin on her typical, uh, you know, whipped cream recipe. So I don't know if that, I don't know why, but I like it. I mean, I love creme fraiche. I I went to, uh, with some friends over the weekend, we went to high tea in Pittsburgh, which I love. Like, I just love everything about high tea, like the sandwiches and like the, oh God, the sweets are so good. And they, they serve like creme fraiche with the, uh, like the, what are they called? Oh my gosh, what are those things called? Scones. Scones. um And it was so good. I don't, we never buy creme fraiche, of course, but when I have it, I'm just like, I, I should have this like every day. So now it is time to plate a slice of the Tres Leches cake. Uh, we start with a big dollop of fresh, or she, yeah, she puts a slice on the plate first of the cake. A hefty slice, I will say, an appropriate uh, amount. And then she puts a big dollop of fresh berries on the side. And the fresh berries, I think she just puts some, you know, like some sugar on it just to kind of, what's the word, macerate and sort of get like, you know, a little juicy. And then a big dollop of whipped cream on top. And she says, I don't know about you, but this is the dessert of my dreams. (laughs) I mean, it is, it's mine too. I, I, I love it so much. And I do feel like it's such an easy cake to make. Cause there's not, I mean, besides just like baking the cake, I think that's like the hardest part really. And I feel like it's such a showstopper too, that people would not stop talking about it for, for weeks. So maybe I'll make one this weekend. It would kill Keon though. He's not really, um, he doesn't do well with dairy, I'll say, but I, I, you know, maybe we'll have some people over or something. It'd be fun. All right. So now it's time for some pork pozole, which, um, Uh, We we dive right in here. Ina has already browned one and a half pounds of pork loin as we begin this recipe, and she takes the pork out of the Dutch oven, and then in the same Dutch oven goes some olive oil and two cups of sliced onions, just so, like, you know, you get all that yummy flavor from the, the browned pork loin. And as that sauté is away, she cuts up a poblano pepper, which Ina tells us isn't the mildest, but it isn't the hottest either, too, which I like. I tend to be a little bit of a weenie when it comes to spicy stuff. I don't want to be, but I am. So I appreciate... It's like I would I would rather add stuff to something than... you know, Because once you add too much spice, you can't take it away. So I appreciate this. Uh, she cuts that pepper, the poblano pepper, into uh, long strips and then dices it up. And then... I think this was done off camera, but suddenly there are, like, I think, like, two yellow bell peppers that are already, like, chopped up. Um, and, you know, she puts that into the Dutch oven as well, too, in addition to the poblano peppers. And this all cooks for about five minutes. And then Ina reminds us to wash our hands or wash your hands, I guess, after dealing with hot peppers. Yikes. Um, because you don't want to touch your eye. You'll know. I think that's what she said. Um uh, so after that, she adds some garlic, some chili powder, and some dried oregano to all those veggies, or peppers, rather. Um, and then the pork goes back in to the pot, along with six cups of chicken stock and 12 ounces of salsa verde, which she said you could just get from the store. You don't have to make homemade. Because um, I feel like that's a, that's a chore, I feel. So she brings this all to a simmer and then adds black beans and hominy And I feel like I've heard of hominy, but I've never... I don't think I've ever had it in a dish. So hominy is basically dried corn that's been soaked in a lime solution. That sounds really yummy, actually. Um, And I don't know if it's something that you just put into recipes or if it's something that you could just, like, snack on, because I feel like I could just snack on that, but uh, I don't know. She gives that all a stir and then adds some corn chips to the soup, which sort of thickens it up and, of course, adds some flavor as well. So I feel like... I feel like I've done an episode where she did something similar to this, or maybe it was like tortillas as opposed to tortilla chips. Either way, it sounds delicious. And she finally adds some salt and pepper and lets that simmer away for about 30 minutes. So while that's doing its thing, Ina shows us there's a whole slew of toppings prepared. And I do love a toppings bar uh, with any kind of like soup you know, of course, nachos. Nachos are toppings essentially, but she ladles out some of the pozole into a bowl and adds some grated cheddar, some scallions, some avocado, sour cream, and some crushed corn chips and a squeeze of lime. That sounds delicious. And Ina says, Now I would say that looks like a party in a bowl. And she takes a bite and says, I'm very happy. <laughs> um I mean I would be happy too it looks delicious so yeah pork pozole so uh where are we now it's time for fiesta corn and avocado salad this is such a beautiful dish this is the picnic dish of all picnic dishes I feel so Ina shows us how to prepare the corn and of course the corn is boiled and then she rests them on their you know their little rumps And then she cuts off the kernels um, onto a kitchen towel, which is on a sheet pan. That way you can sort of pick up the towel and just like dump them into the bowl. Um, And I've talked about this before, too. I don't love I don't love eating corn on the cob. It's a mess. It's such a mess. I will do it, of course. Like it is delicious, but I'd rather just like I'd rather cut them off with a knife. Um, I just think it's cleaner. And I'm, I'm usually not that kind of like uppity about most foods like I will. I'll go to town on some spare ribs, you know, like I, I, or baby back ribs or whatever it is. Like I, I will. I'm willing to get my fingers dirty, but there's just something about corn, eating corn on the cob that just feels so barbaric and gross, and like it's there's juices everywhere and it's in your teeth and it's just like oh god, um, I just feel like I need a shower every time after I eat corn on the cob. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's still good though. I'm not. I'm not. um thrown too much shade at at corn on the cob I hope but uh this is this is a far better alternative in my opinion so um after the corn is chopped she adds I, I think she puts it in a bowl and then to that bowl she adds some cherry tomatoes that were halved and um some red onion and then some orange bell pepper and she calls it a holland pepper which I've never heard before so don't know what that is um but I'm assuming it's just it's probably similar to a bell pepper and then she adds some jalapeno peppers and, uh, and then it's this lime vinaigrette, which sounds so good. So it's a quarter cup squeezed lime juice, fresh squeezed lime juice. Don't even think about using the plastic bottle. Hmm. And then some olive oil, uh, lime zest, a little garlic, a quarter teaspoon of chili chipotle, or chipotle chili powder, excuse me. And then some salt and pepper. Easy peasy. I mean, that sounds delicious. So then she pours that over the salad, and the colors in the salad are so—it's—it's it's so beautiful. And and like just as I was thinking that, Ina Ina says, it does look like a fiesta, doesn't it? And it really does. It's—it's it's so vibrant, and it just looks so healthy and fresh and um, very picturesque. And and to you know to to make it to take it to the next level, really, she adds some beautiful slices of avocado, and then she gives it a taste. And uh, she puts it in like this big white serving bowl, of course. And while she does that, she shows us a few ways in which she serves this salad. So, you know, it's just like her showing other recipes. There's just like some B-roll footage. But she uses it in her roasted salmon tacos instead of guacamole, which I do love. Like, I feel like this is a multifunctional sort of salad in a way. Uh, She also uses it as a side uh, a side dish with slow roasted spice pork or tequila lime chicken yes to both of those things and then Ina tells us it's always the first thing to go and then we flash back to the present with Ina in the kitchen who shows us the final product in a bowl and she says it just looks like a fiesta yeah she like i i feel like she wanted to say like ole but it just like it wouldn't have landed it just would have felt so cringe but so she said yeah instead it looks like a fiesta yeah um it was cute so now we move on to some jalapeno margaritas i i would not order a jalapeno margarita i would have a sip of it of course but um not running towards this but i would i would try it so she marinates a jalapeno, I, f- I feel like she, um, she, oh yeah, okay, here's, here's what she does. So she pierces a jalapeno in eight places with a knife, and then cuts it in half, leaving the seeds in, and then pours some tequila on top of it, covers it in plastic wrap, and then leaves it on the counter at room temp for at least 24 hours, to just kind of, you know, infuse the, uh, the tequila. So I, I think that's kind of cool too, because I feel like they have, at least in my mind, they, they have like jalapeno infused tequila, like already in the store, but I like that she makes it herself. Of course she would. So she continues with this recipe. I'm assuming, you know, the 24 hours have passed. Uh, She strains the tequila and then adds in some good, um, some good, some Grand Marnier, which is basically orange liqueur. Uh, She also adds some freshly squeezed lime juice, one cup to be specific, and then just a little bit of lemon juice. And I feel like she... She she brought it like into the recipe like and then I like to do something crazy. I'll add some lemon juice and I'm like, that's not too wild, Ina. But, you know, whatever. Um, And then she adds also a little bit of honey and then some salt. And she gives it a big stir and puts it into a cocktail shaker filled with ice. Ina prefers them shaken, uh, which she does for about 15 seconds. And then she pours it out into a glass and says it would be a shame to waste this, wouldn't it? And then she takes. I, I feel like she takes a sip after that, and she's like, "Now that's what I call a perfect Tex-Mex drink." Cheers. And that's the end of the episode. I feel like I, and I've said it many times too. I feel like Ina has retired, and especially in these like back-to-basics, cook like a pro that era, she's kind of done with this, the sort of silly endings that we that we crave so much. So, but I'll take it. Well, you know, she's she's earned that rights to just like rest and. Just give us a cheers at the end of the episode, I think. And I, in turn, am giving a cheers to you. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanilla, and you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. And of course, the aforementioned the Good Patreon is now available for you to sign up, receive bonus episodes, early access, and yes, a Sandra Lee episode is coming your way if you're if you sign up. So head on over to Patreon.com/slash The Good Patreon. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.